Hey everybody, welcome to the podcast, back by popular demand again. <laughs> Nick, special K Cara, how are you, brother? I'm good, thanks. How you going, mate? Good right? to see you, man. Yeah, it's good to uh, be here. Yeah, <laughs> give me a couple of minutes, I'll sort of warm <laughs> into it. Yeah, that's okay, man. So, base of Moorabbin. For those of you who don't know, Fight Fit is opening up a new uh, venue in Moorabbin. It's going to be how big? Uh, it's 850 square meters uh, mm. in total, but the floor space, the open floor space, will be about. 650, 660. Wow. So, but then we've got a couple of levels of uh, offices and that. Do you have like a a, a layout sort of going? Because here you've got the bag area, the rings, okay. the weights. Um, the... Paul, Paul gave me a whiteboard with magnets on it. Mm. Uh, I'm playing around with that, Paul. Yes, I am. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, we're going to have two rings in the center. We'll have a gantry with about 15 bags on one side of that and another. F- Gantry 15 bags on it or 20 bags, whatever wow. bags on the other side of it. Just got to work out how long or how big we're going to do it, how many bags. And there'll be a strength condition area as well. Be a lot of floor space. Okay, so if the layout's like, um, uh, okay, let's say that's a floor space, yeah? Two rings, uh, two rings side to side, gantry on this side, gantry this side, and there'll be all strength condition, weights and cardio machines. Wicked. On the yeah, as you walk in, to be on the right hand side. So Wicked. yeah, you must be excited about this. I'm excited once we start, uh, which is going to happen quite soon. Once we start smashing things up, mm. we're ordering stuff. So yeah, getting excited now. Awesome. Bit awesome. nervous, but nerves, nerves is good. I need to step up. Yeah. So let's take it back for a minute because this has been sort of like a, I guess, a long time uh, in the making for you with your whole mixed martial arts career. Uh, oh, sorry, kickboxing, Muay Thai. Um, where did it all start for you in terms of like your the, the first time you ever walked into a dojo or the first time you ever caught the bug for, for combat well, sports? I'll bring back time. Um, well, um, like, like I'm sure a lot of people at my age and a bit older, the Bruce Lee's and all that came in. When we got the videos of VHS or beat up, we had the Bruce Lee movies, Fist of Fury and all that, Big Boss, uh, The Way of the Dragon. And I wanted to do karate. Mm. So I just pestered my mum because my father was never around. So I pestered my mum and she took me to a couple of places when I was about 10, 11. Just didn't, you know, just like young, too young. I just need, you need, when at that age, you need to be pushed a bit, yeah? Mm. I know people say, I'm not going to force my kids. No, you know, I, I believe you need to guide them in, not push them, but guide them in to do some sort of form of whatever they love, you know what I mean? And just keep doing it. And I love that and I wanted to do that. Um, okay, but move forward a little bit. Well, I was 13 years old and the boys from high school, I think it was about year eight, year seven, year eight. And like I said, some of my mates from high school and I was whispering stuff and I'm like, what's going on here? And they're like, okay, we're gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell me, we're gonna do kickboxing. I wanna do kickboxing. But don't tell anyone, I'm not gonna tell no one, I wanna do kickboxing. Yeah. So we went and the kickboxer they were talking about was Zendukai Karate, Bob Jones, um, it was one of the biggest things back in our day, yeah? What area were you living at this stage? Northcote. Northcote. I was okay. in Preston, but it was North, I went to Northcote High. Right. And the dojo was in Northcote. We're next to Northcote Police Station up there. And we all went there, 10 of us. And I stayed. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So when I spoke to, uh, to George Zachariah, yeah. he was telling me about Bob Jones's training regime back yeah. in the day. And he used to say that there was, you know, you'd train bare knuckle sometimes. There was broken ribs and blood all over the dojo floor and all that sort of stuff. And he said that there was something like 50 people when he first got there. And then by the time he, um, 
by the time he graded, got to the higher grading or whatever it was, there was only two of them. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was quite popular and it was quite enduring, you know what I mean? Like it was hard work. Um, I was under George Papadopoulos and Con Andronopoulos. Um, they were my senseis. Um, yeah, I, I was the only one that stuck it out, basically. Really? But um, they had a few students there, but <laughs> I was the one that stuck it out. got my black belt through them, got my bichudo through them. I got battered for my black belt. Um, George Zachariah would have been the, lead, the, 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 the age bit the above me, you know what I mean? The generation above me. And they were pretty hardcore too, yeah? They were like, they were, everyone was tough. Like my, in my day, but they were the guys we used to look up to, you know right. what I mean? I can uh, the Paul Firefields and all, all of the, you know, Bob Jones, all, all the guys, and all the elite. I can't, I can't mention names, names. It's been a long time anyway. Yeah. But um, that was it. Yeah, so I was from 13 years old. I never looked back. When, had, you, when you say you got battered for your black belt, was that for like the, the sparring, yeah, grading, sparring some ceremony? of the big boys, some of the older boys, old black belts too. Um, two Lebanese boys had to fight, had to spar, fight with the spar, and it was hard sparring. You had to do. I, don't, I can't remember. Was it 15, 20 rounds or something like that, or something? Like, you know what I mean? Like, like, they bashed me. They bashed me. That well, made they, me deserve they took it. Took it in turns, and yeah, yeah. At the one one stage from memory, Bob Jones was having a grading system every six months, like grading for every six months. Or no, every month or every second month or something like that. And people will grade and six months later, they're like brown belt. I'm like, I'm still on my blue belt. I think it was white, blue, green, brown, black. And I was still on my blue belt. And I go, how did these guys get brown belt? And I've been trained for a year and a half, two years. And they were sparring and I'm beating them. They're like, they're like you know, getting the better of them. And they're turning around saying, one of the guys turned around saying, but I'm brown belt, how do you beat me? I'm like, you know, well, how long did it take to get the brown belt? And he goes, oh, you know, five months or six months well, maybe that's why because i've been bluebell for a year and a half or something a year and a bit and um yeah so i took my I was a grading every year or every year and a bit so it took me a little while to get my black um yeah so well the, is the grading system is that like a universal type thing because it was every, every style has the grading system i guess you know what i mean yeah. zendikai had theirs um you're trying to make me think back that day, those <laughs> days but there was a great there was carters there was forms you know all that type of stuff there's weapons that you learned um yeah and then when you went for your went from a black i had to spar a lot of rounds right. to get my black i know in jiu-jitsu there's a bit of controversy about different grading systems and yeah. this guy's a better black belt than this guy and this guy's a better black belt than this guy and you know they'll go over to the gym and a blue belt will be you know beating up a black belt and stuff so it seems a bit like a blurred line as to how it's all well every like um i heard that like i, I see online too you know what i mean some of the hmm. like the, the mma guys whatever and their black belt's not as good as that black belt whatever but and they're, they're just yeah i mean everyone has their own uh grading, grading system. system but yeah but the elite clubs will have their ones and they're recognized like man he's come from that club hmm. or that 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 style well then, he's gonna be a, he's gonna be a legitimate black belt, right? You know what I mean? Then you got other styles that are not maybe not as good or not as firm or not as hard. Some black belts in some karate style, kung fu styles, it goes on for about a week, two weeks. Hmm. You know what I mean? You're talking about 20, 30 k runs, and you know. Yeah, I've just, seen uh, some of the stuff that Judd Reed does. With yeah, he went. Yeah, he's hardcore. Yeah, you know. He's a, he's a he's an interesting character. That documentary that they made that you were in as well, the hundred man documentary. Yeah, he's, he's a real deal. Yeah, good guy, good guy. Yeah, I've spoken nice to him guy. a few times. Real deal martial artist, and 
He doesn't feel a thing when you punch him. You punch a kicker from the neck down, the guy. He's pretty nothing. much made of concrete when you look at him. Nothing, <laughs> mate. And I was sparring him once because I was boxing and it was doing. It was sparring. It was, I was having the boxing fight. He was, he was helping me train for the boxing fight. Like he put a lot of time in me, and I was sparring him, and I hit him with some body shots, whatever. And at the end of the sparring session, he goes, "Mate, you know you winded me." I'm like, well, I didn't pick it. You know, you didn't show nothing. Poker face, but that's the whole idea. You don't show anything. He did that, the hundred man. Yeah, that was yeah, that was insane. Um, what's it? What's it called again? Yeah, hundred uh, man kumite. He done the kumite, one. yeah. And basically, for those of you who haven't seen a documentary, first of all, go on YouTube because it's on YouTube. Go watch it. Judd deal. Reed, hundred men, yeah. kumite documentary. Nick Carras in that helping Judd Reed train for it. Yeah. So when he's when he's training for that, the 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 training that you guys are doing just seems just absolutely just absurd. Well, it has to be. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because he was doing 100, he was doing 100 rounds. It was, oh, it was one and a half minute 100 rounds. 100 men. Yeah, yeah. Minute, it was 100, 100 different guys. I think I might have, not because I didn't go to Japan. I don't know what reason I didn't go to Japan. I should have went, but um, I was probably too busy doing other stuff. Yeah. But I should have went anyway. But there was would have been about 50 or 60 guys. You know what I mean? And some of them did it twice. It might have been 100, but I'm, you know, but I'm saying, yeah. And they, they pushed him, man. This was a real deal. So you had to, in order to do that, you don't just do 100 rounds. You need to put thousands or hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours in your training and conditioning and the rest of it to get through the 100 rounds or 100 guys of fighting. Right. Um, it's like you fight three, three two-minute rounds. You're going to fight three two-minute rounds uh, next week, yeah? And you don't just train three two-minutes. You and probably have to train like, you know what I mean? <laughs> you have to train like 10 times that amount just to get to that portion that you got to compete at, you know what I mean? Which is three, three, two minute rounds, six minutes. Right. Right. So you got to, you got to train how many, you know, how many hours and hours and days and days and months. You did it in two months. Judd was doing this. I think Judd was doing it from memory. Don't quote me. I'm six months of this hard training, but it went dry trains normally. It's hard anyway. Yeah. But from that normal, his level is like, like that. For, for a normal person seeing what, how Judd trains normally, he's like, mate, this is, this is unbelievable. But that's how Judd trains normally. He had to take it to a different level. Hmm. And, um, yeah, he got pushed, man. He got he had to get pushed. Yeah, you know and the mean? stuff that he's doing is it's a quite a lot of it's a bit left of center as well. You know, some of the stuff that it's not it's not really something you do in, in an everyday gym, and it's just the, it just seems like he's just conditioning Lifting logs and getting thrown yeah. and people jump. Yeah, that's just you know what conditioning the mind, conditioning the mind. You know what I mean? Get pushed to the limits, and um, no matter what you get thrown at, you you got adversity. You got to get over it and push through it. Um, and I think that's what. Um, uh, Robert McGuinness was doing that to Judd, just throwing all that stuff on, you know what I mean? Get people jumping and pushing them off. He's not going to do that in the Kumite because it was stand-up, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? But your judge was on the ground and judge was pushing them off. You see some of that on the footage on the video, you know what I mean? And there's logs and punching. It's all part of conditioning, pushing your body to the limit. And, you know, what? working working those muscles, same muscles in a different way, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? So it's like you're not doing like you do... Um, Bicep curls. We don't just do bicep curls. You might do hammer curls. You might do, you know what I mean? So doing the same muscle but in a different way to get stronger and better. You know what I mean? Yeah. So um, yeah. So if you do your training over and over again the same way, the same thing, same that, you're not going to progress. Yeah. You might be. You might get to a good level. You're not going to progress. That's why you need to do different things. You know what I mean? So um, that's why you add your strength conditioning now, part of your fighting martial arts. You know, to get your muscles stronger. Instead of just kick, kick, kick. Did oh, you do, kick, kick, kick. What? You didn't do much strength. I didn't do. I did. I did a lot of weights. A weights meaning like, like bodybuilding weights. But I do a lot of supersetting stuff. I wasn't a bodybuilder, 
but I grew up with a lot of bodybuilders that um uh where we were all trained was universe uh was um better bodies in Northgate. It was like one of the most famous gyms going around. Um Sammy Neves was Mr. Universe, so he had that, you know what I mean? So we all went there. So I was seeing all my friends, you know what I mean? All the all these big guys and one of my best friends now, Dimitri Servi, right? He was like my he was like a giant to me, you know, he's still a giant. And um there was all they bodybuilders, but I wasn't doing the body I was, at the start I was like trying to push heavy heavy, but in the end I was doing super setting when I was fighting. Cause I just thought I'm gonna get the heart rate up, I'm just gonna push through like incline bench press, incline flies. Uh, flat bench press, flat, flat fries with cable rows, and I superset that. So I'll be done in about twenty minutes. Right. And I'm gonna sit there, just put, you know. But mate, I just did it. I just did it on my own. So I didn't have a strength conditioning coach. There's none of that going around. You know what I mean? Those days, you just unless you're at elite, right unless you. you're at elite, I just did whatever I wanted to do, or what I thought to do. What, what about when you were in Thailand? What was your training regime like? Uh, it was, it was um, twelve k's in the morning, like six in the morning at altitude. Is that altitude or humidity? Yeah, humidity is humidity? pretty high. 12 Ks was six in the morning with um, something called Mutt and all the boys, Cha Cha and all that, Daniel Dawson, you know, it was all of us like that. So 12 Ks in the morning. Um, they go back to the gym and do skipping again for about another 30 minutes and do pads and then that's it. So it'll be about two and a half hours in the morning. And then we'll go back at three o'clock again, another probably eight Ks run, come back, skip, um, bag work, pads, five rounds on the bag, five pads, um, tie pads, and then, um, might be so a lot of clinching after that. So there's another three hours, two and a half hours, three hours there. So you're training six hours a day type thing? Minimum. And that's not including my weights or an extra run that I'll do at night or whatever. Fuck. Yeah. Jesus so that was minimum Christ. five days. And it's on a sixth day, on a Saturday, we'll probably do two hours. Yeah, Shit. minimum. And that's even when I wasn't fighting, that's what I was doing. That's insane. Yeah. You must have just been conditioned just... There's no wonder that you get in the ring and you see when you watch your highlights, you're laughing. Because yeah. it's just I like, mean, that's the easy part, you know? You train hard to make the fight easy, they mm. say. You know what I mean? You train hard, you fight harder. Um, but you train hard so you don't have no negative thoughts thinking, what if, what if oh, I didn't do enough, I didn't do enough or whatnot. And I still used to think, walk in the ring. When I was walking in the ring thinking, fuck, I'm, I'm not fit enough, I'm not fit enough. I'm not fit enough. I train five hours to six hours a day, six days a week for eight weeks. You know what I mean? For three two-minute round. Mate, I can do this whole card. Right, but yeah, but that was just a mind. But then get in there, and I, you know, as soon as I jumped the ropes, it just turned around. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. With the guys you were training with as well, it must have been. Was it like a real competitive sort of nature where everybody's just a straight up killer, and everybody just trains like? When we're at the beasts? ISS gym, some good foot. Well, originally, when I first went to Thailand, it was Sichuan gym, and then um, there was a. Uh, ISS gym that was next to City Chong, ISS um, Sifu Robert McGuinness was ISS and they, back in those days he took us on board right he had Jotsunam uh, Sam K mm -hmm. like Jack the, the hammer you know he was like WBC world champ 47 yeah. and 0 like 56 kilos elite he was tough right? he hit like a like a light heavyweight and um, so Stan the man everyone you know what I mean Talakurus you know Talakurus grabbed me he goes we're going there because Talakurus was training me at, at that time because I left so I had a bit of a break, yeah? So this is about 20, this is about 24, 25. So I had a break, had an injury too, so I couldn't train much. So when I went back to, when I went to Thailand, Talakur, Nick Talakuris took me to the seafood, so she started training seafood. I'm really loyal to someone. It's a gym, I'm training with the gym and I'm sticking by them, you know what I mean? Um, so that's how, where I got into ISS. 
The ISS camp was really good, man. Yeah. Before it turned into WKO. Where What's the ISS? ISS, it was just his, it's, he had companies. Right. And ISS was one of the sponsoring us and fighting under, that's where we went to Vegas, it was ISS. ISS gym, uh, you know what I mean? Took us to Vegas to fight on that big show and Master Toddy's show. Um, and you've ISS got, took us to Macau. Yeah. You know what I mean? To fight there. And you've got heaps of uh, Thai friends as well now. I see some of the photos you put up. Did you ever train with the likes of, you know, Sanchai and those sorts of guys? Nah, I trained with, with um, Debbie Tuck, Yota Chai, who's is, um, is in Singapore at the moment, but he got like under one, won the world championship. Like this guy had some head kick knockouts. I trained uh, the Debbie Tuck, Satman Cole, who's legend of yeah. Thailand. Cha Chai, who passed away. Um, in the fight night that I fought, I was next fight. He passed away in the, in the fight. Uh, Chacha was Lupini. He passed away in yeah. the fight. Chacha was the three-time Lupini champion. He was a legend. But like I said, Sutton McCall was the first guy to beat Roman Decker. Yeah. And we're still, like, we're still good friends. And Mutt was a superstar. Mutt's one of my best mates. If you see him on YouTube, or I mean um, Facebook, I like or share stuff. It's Mutt. He's one of my he's best guy I've ever met. Best guy I've ever met there. That's awesome. Um, and there's a lot of other guys too, but they were the guys I trained with. You so know, you would have you would have come in together and trained together. Sort of just the generation after Raymond Deckers, because he was kind of like the first guy to come in and and go sort to Thailand beat, yeah. and and fight. Someone the, the first Thai to beat him. Yeah, beat him twice. Did you ever meet Raymond Deckers? Yeah. Oh, really? I got a photo of you. I got. You said you want me to post? I'll post that one. Yeah, yeah. I've been trying to get. You I met him later on. Uh, I met him probably about six months before he passed away. I didn't meet him when he was fighting. I met him when he was retired. He came past the WKO gym. Yep. And um, yes, that's how I met him there. Did you know of him before you went to Thailand or when you got everyone, to Thailand, was he a big yeah, star? Everyone knew of yep. Roman Decker, yeah. Yeah. Roman Decker was like, yeah. He was everyone, guy, Thai, everyone knew, eh? He was, he was hardcore. To yeah, crazy fighter. Yeah, he hit him once, he hit you three times back and more. Yeah. yeah what do you cool. think inspired him to go over to Thailand and do that? Sorry? What do you think inspired him to go over to Thailand? and? Because Thais were renowned to be the best, but... And then at that, that weight, his weight, that's what you do. You go to where the best are mm. at your weight. So when I went there, I was 87 kilos and lean. There was no one for me to fight. So really, I should have went to Holland and got bashed by the big boys. Mm. You know what I mean? Then it would have been different. But that's the only regret I had. Holland's like the mecca of, of kickbox. Because you, you, you're like your friends with, or you met like Ernesto Hoost and I mean, Peter Ernesto, Ertz is Peter a friend Ertz of yours. Friend of mine, yeah. And all of those guys. And that would have been some sort of like an experience going over with, with all I those I should guys. have. And I had opportunity many times, but I just got caught up in the life of uh, Padia, mm, Thailand, well, you know what I mean? I, I can't say that I uh, don't do the same when I go to Thailand. <laughs> well, yeah. Thailand's a good place. Yeah. Uh, it is what you make of it. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, I spent a bit too much time there, but I don't regret it. But I learned a lot and I met a lot of interesting people because of that place. A lot of good people, a lot of friends for life mm. I met through there. Um, but I won't go back again. Yeah. What What inspired you to go over in the first place? I mean, you Thai said, boxing. Yeah. yeah. Thai boxing. And Thai you boxing wanted to go over and just, yeah. just live the lifestyle, yeah. hey? Yeah. Um, Nick Talakuris was fighting in the Amateur World Championships back in the, back in when I first went there. When was it? 98, 97? Might have been earlier. And I went there to help him out. You know what I mean? Help him train and be in his corner and whatnot. And yeah, I just loved it. Loved the food. Loved the people. Loved the training. It was, it was, it was pretty good. It was like, it was, it was good. But he's, 
it was it was good. It was different than you know what I mean than what it was the last ten years for me anyway. Because in in Pattaya it was it was like Sitjitong Gym was the most famous gym out, mm. but um, Pattaya's got a lot of distractions. Mm. You go so there for I the right it. intention to train, train, train. And all of a sudden you go, oh, what's that? And then training's not number one. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, but where other parts of Thailand, other gyms as well. Not knocking any gym in Pattaya. There's some good gyms, but there's a lot of distractions. Not the gym. There's distractions outside the gym, and you'll get caught sooner or later. Right. You know what I mean? You get caught up in that side of it. But um, there's other parts of Thailand where you just secluded and you just train and train. We did that too in back in the day. That's what we did. But as you get a lot later on, older, older, and you start looking around, walking around, thinking, oh, what's that? Oh, look at that. I'll go out one night. Uh, younger men are guilty of it too. I went, I went to Thailand. I spent three nights in, in um, Bangkok just before I went to Vietnam, just in transit. And, it was, nice. and me and all my mates were in there and it was just absolute mayhem for three nights. I remember we were just on Koh San Road in Bangkok just getting absolutely fucked the whole, every, every night. And then the cab drivers, every time we'd be like, take us to another party and take us to a brothel. No, 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 a party. And then they're like, they just do a brothel. Trying to, they trying, get kickbacks. Yeah, they're, they're getting commission yeah. from it. And uh, yeah, so eventually we just had to just like try and find our own party. <laughs> Not hard. Yeah, Not every hard time. They just take you straight to a brothel. I went there once for one year, uh, one one month and I came home four years later. Yeah. And I went there last time for three months and I came home nine years later, 10 years later. Yeah. So... I get it. Yeah, big time. I saw my I'm friend, an extremist all or nothing, you know, but um, yeah. I saw like an English backpacker that I know get this shit kicked out of him by a bunch of lady boys. That was funny. Yeah. He thought he'd give an attitude and then they just came out of the trees, man. Everyone just like smacking him with their handbags, booting him and stuff. Yeah. You don't get smart to the locals over there. <laughs> well, uh, no, well, put it like, they're very uh, like, it's, you know, they stick up for their own, whether they know what's right or wrong or what happened, whatever. They just see one type person arguing with a foreigner. Two type people come. And two comes to four. Four comes eight. Eight comes 16. Mm. And whether the foreigner is right or wrong, that's what these people do. And you got to understand that. Oh, yeah. yeah? Big time. If you, you know get I mean? some drunk fuckwit tourists. Yeah, they're, like, drunk, they're drunk. They don't ask for it. Who's but, yelling at someone. Then yeah. you're going to, yeah. You don't, you don't mess with the locals. You don't. That's like... Every country you go, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Even though if they're wrong, but sometimes you're hard to bite your tongue, you know? Yeah, you're, let, on, you're on a way, a way turf there. Let's not talk about that because I could just turn <laughs> and say some stuff, right? And you know, We'll save that for another. Stuff the locals. Anyway. Right. <laughs> right? But um, yeah. Um, back to Thailand. Good experience. You want to learn stuff, you learn. But it's a bit different now. There's a lot of good trainers here now. You don't mm. have to travel to Thailand. Yeah. Do you think that that sort of that generation that you, I mean, you and all of the people who you went over with, and then you know Wayne Parr as well, and those guys, that sort of that that experience there was a you guys were able to bring that knowledge back yep. home, and now it's more to, widespread. You don't have to travel. Yeah, you don't have to travel. You might want to travel to somewhere bush in Australia and have a fight camp, and you get your trying to get your strength, and just get this, get that, and just keep away from stuff. Yeah, but you don't need to go overseas now to to, to train. Yeah, fight. You might do that just oh, a bit of a holiday and training, um, but you don't need to. Um, well, like those the back in our days, we had to because it wasn't. I mean, there was good trainers, but we didn't have the knowledge, whatever, to step to you know to to keep, compete with the rest of the world. Mm. You know what I mean? But you have yeah, some elite fighters, Australian fighters that were doing that, you know what I mean? They were competing, but then again, they traveled 
to train some in America, some in Thailand, some in Holland. Right. You know what I mean? Some in Brazil to do their jujitsu and yeah. stuff like that. You know what I mean? Um, but now they've all those people come back and they molded their people and you don't really don't need to. You could find real quality stuff now over here. Yeah, some hey? good trainers around, mate. You want a good wrestling coach? There's some elite res- wrestling coaches around. You know what I mean? I mean, we've got, um, got there's uh, Olympians. You know, I mean, there's, you, I can name names, whatever. But then you want Thai boxers. There's a lot of good Thai boxing trainers. Some people bring ties here yeah. to train people here. Um, boxing coaches, mate. We've got good. We've got elite boxing coaches, man. We've got elite everything here, so you don't need to travel. Just look in, in even in our radius. You know, we've got you at Collingwood. We've got Faisal at Collingwood. We've got some uh, better like good trainers here we've got eric here we've got cam here those guys like, around the corner guys from you we've got george sotteropoulos we've got judd reed in footscray we've got dan Kelly in footscray mate sam got, greco sam greco you got mate, got the names could go on you know the list could go on, and choice, on you know what i mean there's there's you know you got tony takazi you have five oh, yeah. like the elite one of the elite you know what i mean your percy is floating around mate. that guy, the guy was one of the one of the original ones that i was looking at they're the next level up yeah mm-hmm. as in the next Age group up, mm. you know what I mean? Then it was me, then whatever, it was after that. Um, Do you still maintain that sort of respect and reverence to like the Paul Fifield, George Zacks and Percy and all those guys? Paul Paul, Paul makes a joke and I'm nervous to fucking react on it because that's that respect, you know, because he's an elder and he was the ones I was looking up for. You know, even my, my trainer, George Sorobos, Con Andrew and Obers came because I trained, his, I trained, that's his Lee, Lee's dad, mm. came to see Lee at training one uh, the other day. Is it Lee? I went, I went, I went like, I was mumbling. I was nervous because he was my sensei. He was, he was like, and he's not my sensei now, but he was my sensei. So I was nervous. I was mumbling. I got Lee's name wrong. Really? I go, this is uh, John's dad. I mean, Lee's dad. Like, I just, that's how I feel when I talk to Paul, when I've talked to, you know, I met Percy the other day. I had one of my first fights was against Percy's boy, kickboxing fight. Oh, really? Yeah. At the Hombu in the city. Um, so when I see these guys, I'm like, oh, these are the, you know, so I'm still, like, mate, respect, you know what I mean? Oh, I like, yeah, respect. It's like, but you can just talk to them like friends. But I'm like, I'm still like, oh, you know, these are, these are the, you know, the Bob, you know, the, I don't see Bob Jones, you know, David Hedgecock, same thing. They're, they're, those are the next level. Those are the next level guys. That, and I mean, the next age group. And I'm still like, you know, yeah, I'm like, I'm, I'm like I'm a kid in front of like, like, you know, you're like, you're talking to your father, you know what I mean? I'm and, and, and I don't know if that's wrong. I don't know. Not wrong. It's just how, mate. Yeah. I've been once like, I've been around them a bit more, 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 more. Then okay, we'll start joking, whatever. But oh yeah, no, not even that. You know what I yeah. mean? I've been lucky enough to have a few of them. You know, uh, George Zach, Dave Hedgecock, yeah. Paul Firefield on the podcast. Yeah. I train under Paul as well, yeah. and I still pinch myself every time because knowing the lineage of Australian kickboxing, getting to know that better and better as I talk to more people, and the pedestal and the respect that people have for these guys, they've earned it. Yeah, it's just like these guys are like. Living legends, they literally are, uh, you living know legends. By saying the word legend, people just throw the word out just like, oh, he's a legend, oh, he's a legend. You know, but these guys are genuine legends of the sport. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, people say, oh, they might mention whatever, me, this, but you know, I don't think of myself like that. But others might do. And it's but I don't, but I just look at, I look at them, they're the legends, you know, but the other age groups are underneath me. They're thinking, oh, it's a trainer, whatever, mate. You know, so they might be thinking the same thing. Absolutely. But exactly, that's how it is. Generation, generation, generation. But they're, they're, they're legends of the sport. And, you know, I, I definitely look at you and I'm like, you know, you beat Manson Gibson in Las Vegas, world title. Yeah. Th- that's legendary status. You went, oh, you were one of the guys who pioneered going over to Thailand as well. Like, yeah. And then you look at those guys, in the, sorry, first generation of the Bob Jones. That's what I, that's what I see. You, you know what I mean? Yeah, I don't think I'm like that. 
but on someone else's eyes. Well, I don't think I'm like that. Not putting myself down. I know what I'm like. I know how good I was, how good I could have been if I didn't get sidetracked doing other things. But um, but the person, the, the generation under me was probably thinking not. Like, you know what I mean? I must respect. I mean, everyone respects everyone. Yeah, they should. That's the way you should do. As humans, you respect everyone. But we're thinking the same thing of me, like how I think of them. But I don't think of that. But you know what I mean? But I should acknowledge how they're thinking and embrace it, I guess, you know? Yeah. But um, but I think the th awesome thing about those guys is I've never met one of those guys who's like a legend or, you know, or any of you guys really who have ever come across as, you know, arrogant or anything. If anything, they, get, they actually don't want to come on the podcast because they don't want to talk about themselves. It took me nine months bash to try to convince me to get on here yeah yeah like, exactly oh, I, don't I still don't want it but anyway but um yeah and so the dangerous so people i believe are the ones that don't have the attitude they have respect and whatever and they're humble they're high mm. Mate, they're the ones you gotta watch out for and what are you gonna walk around like that my god those days we don't walk around like you don't want to be we don't have you don't have that image no more you don't want people thinking you're like that right you know what i mean um probably back in our day we had to probably probably do that you, you know the old boys had to probably do that and show a bit of you know, a bit of whatever, right? So for people to say, well, better, better not act, not play up in front of these guys or whatnot, you know what I mean? That's how it was those days. You yeah. can't, it's different now. But we grew out of that. Anytime you grow out of that, you don't want that number. You want to be zen. Yeah. Because you know what things that happen, things go down, you know, I know, I'm not talking about them, but I'm sure they're the same, they're the same right? Mm. The, the, older, the older generation. I know what I can do and I don't want to do what I can do I just want to be calm, relaxed. I just want to be humble and be happy. I don't want, I don't want to be angry because I know mm. I can't control it. So I don't want to put myself around it. And people talk like, like that around me. Oh, I'm not going to do it for them. Um, so tough, to talk, tough yeah. talk doesn't, doesn't uh, worry you, hey? Yeah, everyone's tough and there's about 45 cameras around just in this little room. Yeah. You know what I mean? But um, yeah, nowadays there's none of that. So if you act tough, you have to be tough. Yeah. But it's different now. You don't want to act tough. You don't want to be tough. You the age make... of the internet, brother. Yeah. yeah, yeah everyone's yeah. tough these days, bro. Yeah, I get it. I get it. But then when, I, yeah, I've got to be more, how can I say? I've got to be more, I've got to adapt to that and just be more calm or yeah, whatever. And just like that. But the old days, what'd you say? Yeah. You know what I mean? I can imagine. I can imagine. Oh, anyway. When I, when I, when I met, you know, like look at guys like Dave Hedgecock and Paul Fife. I won't, I won't ramble on about them anymore, but, Literally the last people you'd ever want to fuck with, but I'd literally be, the mate. biggest gentleman you'll ever meet. It's it's, it's <laughs> yeah. insane. I get it. This is not. I what know. You... I'm telling you. That's 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 it. Yeah. yeah. And that's how I learned because how they are. And uh, my mate, my mate from the with the, the gyms. You know what I mean? You're Dimitri Servi. You know, like one of my best mates. And he was bigger. He's you know, he was a one of the head bouncers that we call them bouncers, right? Those days. Mm. No, bouncers were bouncers, mate. They could do stuff. Not yeah. now. Security, just security, right? But um. And he'll look down at me. He's a couple of years older. He looked down at me, and he would just give me so much respect. I'm like, I'm just a shit kicker. But no, I'm actually Nick Carra, and these guys acknowledge me as a person, not like putting me down. Mate, you should do it, Nick. On do this, Nick. Do that, Nick. Do it this way. And I, that's how I learned because I never had a, uh, a father to teach me that side of the stuff. I had to learn it by these guys. That's why I love these guys. There's a couple of other other couple of other guys. You know what I mean? And. You got your Paul, you got David, come out of their way. Hey, how you going? You like, you know, when you're younger, how you going? You're like, that's what you should do. Come out of your way and say hello to people, bigger, smaller, older, younger, whatever. We're all the same. That's an awesome point. And I, all I, the I, same. I love you the, say love hello. You say you say it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? And the fact that you said it because you didn't have a father 
around growing up as well. You know, it's, I, I often think that young men who are, you know, could go either way in their life. I think that being around a martial arts place or a dojo or, it's, you know, role models, there's no better role models around. I, my mum, my mum was, you know, I mean, everyone has a story. Yeah. I don't know what I ramble on about that. Um, my mum and dad split up when I was six months old. My mum was 17 years old. She had a baby. She had to work two jobs with a good lady to try to bring up, you know, da, da, da. I never had, my father was never around for whatever reason. Right. Yeah. And um, I had to learn the hard way. I had to, I had to stuff up to learn. And I've done some stupid things, you know what I mean? Not to learn. Um, I was a pest at school. I was a pest. I just wanted to make my friends laugh. I want to be, I want to be loved by my friends, make them laugh. So I was doing some silly things to make them laugh. I was, you know, um, I see. I showed my wife my report card. My wife's a teacher. She read it. Her face was like this. <laughs> yes, nanny. Your face was like that. Right? She was like this. And I'm like, I thought it was funny, but when I actually read it, I'm like, this is pretty bad because I don't want to make anyone feel like that. That's well, I like to help people. Like all the trouble that I've been in, it was always helping someone else out. Mm. Never been me. It's probably five percent me. Ninety-five percent was always getting involved with someone else because mm. I didn't want to let. You know what I mean? Anyone down, whatever, I want to be there. You know, but I never had that. So I had to learn the hard way. I learned now. I got it now. I got it now after 70 years. Um, martial arts is a very good way to teach. I mean, even though parents will teach, they're going to teach their kids the right way. But they're good. Respect, honor, adversity, you know, all the values Discipline. of life that you the values of life that you put into your martial arts, you put into any sport, you put into your schooling, you put into your um your life, just general way of life. And martial arts is the best, mate. You don't go, no one goes with the martial arts center and say, yeah, doesn't bow. They bow. They bow to everyone. They high, you know what I mean? Whatever their system will be, high five or, you know what I mean? But martial arts is the, it's just, mate, it's just what taught me what's right and what's wrong. Yeah. And I was a pest at, martial, at Zendikai. My trainers, was it George? Was George Papadopoulos? I was a kind, or both of them. They barred me for about two months because I was a pest. Really? Because I was making everyone laugh. You know what I mean? But <laughs> if I thought my mindset, no, I just thought that was, that's what I wanted. That's what I just wanted to make everyone laugh. But then when it's time to make them laugh, laugh. Time to try and train. You know what I mean? But I learned and I came back and I did whatever. Then I had a break for about t from t 19, 20, you know, going out, girls, whatever. I had a break, fast cars. And then I got injured at work and I started training again while I was injured, tried to get through that. And that's when I, the second part of my fight career, because I had a fight when I was 15, 16, 17, then I had one when I was 20 years old. And then I, then the ones on YouTube and all that, they're from like when I was 27, 28, mm. through Ultimate Promotion, Johnny Skeeter. You know what I mean? Paul DiMacaulay, they had the Ultimate Promotions. Joe DiMacaulay, you know what I mean? Like, he's, he's mate, they're awesome guys, man. Been around the sport forever. They're the ones that got me back in there with Nick Taylor Cruz, Ron Parr. Right. Okay, they'll do it. Do it for a year. Even though you got a bad back, you can't walk half the times. Just have just have three, four, three, three fights, two, three fights. Johnny, Paul DiMacaulay, you know what I mean? Um, just have, just have three fights. And three end up being 17, 18 fights, you know, then my back just gave way. Yeah. Um, but they're the ones that got me in back into the yeah. fighting, you know. But I got sidetracked, but if I had a a father, I know they put parents shouldn't push, but they just stick to them and push your kids to go to go drive them to the training, drive them back, pick them up from training. It would have been different. 
Yeah. Yeah. I was just so, I was self motivated. Yeah. But self motivated, you get sidetracked a bit and you come back. But I was self motivated. But if I had someone, which I'm going to do to my kid. If I, I mean, I was listening to a podcast with um, Faraz Sahabi, who's George St. Pierre's coach. Oh, that guy's got all knowledge, that guy. Oh, yeah. And, he, and he was talking about this sort of the notion that, you know, it can be so good for young, restless young men in particular. Mm. You know, you, you, you're acting up on the street. But if you go into a dojo, you're going to eat humble pie. Mm. And that's going to be a bittersweet taste for you, that humble pie. Yeah. And everyone's going to experience that. And the amount of discipline and the amount of zen that you can sort of get within yourself. And you realize that, you know, y- yeah, you may be a bad motherfucker. But, you know, you, there's, a, there's a way to channel that, you know. There's a way to, to exercise that. Time to be bad, you be bad. Yeah. Yeah. Um. In a major in a martial arts center or a boxing gym, you have to have respect. You know what I mean? There's some people with a bit of attitude, but they get touched up in the end. You know what I mean? They will always get caught up. With, someone always will teach them. You know? Um, how many people has Paul trained that were troubled kids? Heaps. You know what I mean? And how many of these troubled kids that trained under Paul have come up to become awesome human beings? I'm not saying they weren't awesome kids but they'll trouble kids and have guidance i've done some stupid things fights all the time but if i the right you know what i mean as in if i was the trainer or trainer or father figure whatever but the gym the gym and i kept going there and that's what got me out of it it got me out of that stuff i was like well i gotta do this you can't you can't be hitting people learning how to fight and go out and start fighting or picking up not picking but sticking up for friends or whatever you did you know and you gotta pull back and just save it for the gym and outside, you just be humbly relieved, whatever, and don't put yourself in that situation. But Paul's know, so. had, Paul's had, like, heaps. You look just, just two examples that are, that are here right now. Cam Eyes had a troubled background. Look at him now, masters in strength Superstar, and conditioning. You know what I mean? Yeah. One of the best guys you'll meet. Yeah. Absolute whiz with boxing, with his technical knowledge as well, and he's all over his social media. Eagle Health and Performance, go and follow him. Troy Bullock has had his his own issues as well. Mate, Troy was ta- was in my corner for sparring last week. He's one of the best motivators I've ever seen. Like he's he just knows exactly what to say. He's such a good guy, so humble. He's doing well in his career. And these are guys who could well be off the track, off well off the fucking rails right now. Exactly what I said. And that's thank thanks to Paul, you know, well thanks Strong to their trainer, you know, role, male role model, you know what I mean? That understands and is open minded, okay, you've done whatever and everyone stuffs up. But you do or don't, or whatever. A lot of us kids or whatever grow out and go, you know, to go, whatever. We do mistakes. It doesn't mean we're bad human beings, it's just we do mistakes, bad choices, or stick up for this person or do this or whatever. Mm. It doesn't mean we're evil. We're allowed to have, we're allowed to make mistakes. But the boxing and the training or the martial arts or the combat sports, whatever that, jujitsu, whatever that combat sports is that you're doing, um, get you out of there, man. How many stories? Like these are the stories that we know. What about stories in America about the Mexicans? About this, where they've seen family members getting decapitated. Yeah, and they're into that gang life or whatever, which is a bit different in our gang life here. Yeah, but gang life, whatever. And then they come back and they become ambassadors of the of their sports, boxing or whatever, MMA, kickbox, whatever they may be. You know what I mean? There's a lot of stories, and it's the same thing. They come to a gym, they get bashed. If they have attitude, they get bashed mm. and they get bashed into reality and they become better people or they come to the gym looking for, for guidance and they find the guidance, uh, that, that guidance, and they become... Community as well. You know what I mean? And then, that can, and then they're, the one, they're the type of people who can turn around and say, oh, what do you know? You know what I know? I've been there, been there, done this, done that. I've been almost dead. 
Mm. I've done it. You know, I've been almost of any jail, whatever. Like so I've done a lot. So I know like, when I say don't do this, don't do that, or do it this way, and then people are like, well, actually, yeah, they have done it. He could give me advice, and they can help others. That's right. I, I find I can help. I, I've been helping others. Yeah. And when I say don't do this, oh no, I've done it. Yeah. yeah. Don't party up. You know what I mean? When you fight and whatever, yeah, yeah. Da, 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 I've done it all. Yeah. And it doesn't work. And the thing is, like another another aspect of that is that like I like to party, right? And I've got my friends who like to party. But the community I have, I have in the boxing gym, we like to have fun, and occasionally we might even party together. Yeah. But for the most part, it's a productive and really healthy sort of lifestyle and community of people who are always trying to better themselves. And it's not like you're just hanging out to get fucked up with each other and to have fun. It's like Jake, whoever walks into a, a gym, say for this five fit our gym, right? We've got yep. another one happening too. And we'll have another one happening soon after that too. So our gym, they don't come here. Everyone comes here for a positive reason. Whatever that might be, weight, lose weight, learn boxing, learn kickboxing, strength conditioning, um, confidence, get fitter, healthy, whatever. whatever. All it's all positive. Products. You don't come here, oh, come here, let's get on it. Mm. You know what I mean? So the people that come here, everyone's here for positive reasons. It's all positive. So you, you hang around with positive, positive people, positive environment. You become positive yourself and you grow in a, in a better way. You know what I mean? If you hang around, okay, uh, in the, any scene, whatever it is, you know what I mean? You are what you eat, like they say. You know what I mean? No, you hang out with people that are out going out every night and doing whatever they're doing. You're going to do that too. You know what I mean? So I'm not saying that's bad. That's just part of growing up, I guess. You know what I mean? Some people just go to a different level, mm-hmm. right? But um, yeah, so yeah, the gym is the best, best, mate, the best, mate. And, and that's you, what saved me. When, you, when you, know, you think about like now your in terms of your journey, what does helping people look like for you and what does that feel like for you now? I, you know, some people, they need to get the, I'm, I'm, I'm an adrenaline junkie, so whatever gets my heart right going, I'm like, I love it, yeah? Mm. Um, training gets my heart going. Fighting, when I was fighting, I should have fought more. Instead, I got sidetracked those five, six years or other years that I, well, even more, eight, nine years that I got sidetracked different parts, right? For two years here, three years there. Another 50 fights, right? That's what, I, I do regret that, but, um, okay, so back to me, um, Fight was over. Fight, like I realized, okay, I can't fight no more. Mm. Just doing other, you know, doing other stuff on the side, so I couldn't do both. Um, I get a rush training people. I get a rush. I get the same rush as fighting when I'm training others. Right. And I get, I get more nervous when they're fighting. You know what I mean? And then when they finish the fight, it's like, oh, like like a load. I feel like I'm gonna faint. Like when it's all over and done with it like and he feels good i get the same thing it's the same sort of feeling when i was fighting is when my 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 fighters are fighting or the challenge people or even the, the classes when i see them wrecked on the ground and i know they go the chest you know chest go you know i love it that's just adrenaline i love that so i'll get a rush with that and um, you can like tell fighting that. you can tell that by your classes because oh, the yeah. amount of passion that you pour into yeah. those classes you know sometimes i might come across angry or you know like old man type whatever no because i care yeah and that's how i express myself it's all calculated. okay guys well. you're doing well you just got hit in the face but then you know what i mean like fuck you got hit in the face keep your hands up mm. you know what i mean especially when i've told the guys the girls eight times uh, before that like, i'm gonna scream that ninth time 
People get a bit sensitive. No, stuff it. You're doing a sparring class, it's a bit different now. It's no more punching pads or whatever, hitting the bag. Sparring class is different. So if you're talking about the sparring, it's a bit different. I've got to talk like it's a real thing. We're getting hurt now. Yeah. I'm not playing table tennis. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's important for people to know that. On the bag and pads, different. Cool. You can talk differently like that. But when you're sparring, okay, we're getting hit now. So I've got to talk different. And it's important if you don't like it. You've been around downstairs. this for a, for, a, for a long time and you know, you know what, it, what it takes to motivate people, what it takes to also you know, make people feel comfortable with a balance of understanding that you know, you, this, is, this is boxing. Yeah. There's fun and fitness and technique, cool. But then when you take it to a different level and you're sparring, well, oh, you're doing well, Jake, you know what I mean? Mm. You know, whatever. And um, if you're not doing it right, well, Jake, come again. How many times before you get screamed at and then you watch you do it right? You can't scream at people. You know what I mean? The movement now, you can't even raise your voice, right? But no, no, this is different now. Mm. Uh, I mean, sometimes you have to yell, but not yell and put people, you don't put people down, but you yell and you just motivate them to get them to push them to get to, to the next level and become a better, better at what they want to do. Well, the intensity that you project will often be reflected in the person that you're coaching as well. Okay. Yeah, that's right. And you got, okay, powerless. Let's say, let's use Tony, Tony, uh, Takasio and someone's doing a squat and maybe they're doing a squat and they're doing the PB and they're almost, they're almost, they got down and they can't get up. And like, come on, Frank, get up, push it. It's not going to work. Come on, Frank, get up, push it. And bang. Thank you very much. Mm. Sometimes you got to raise your voice. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Instead, so it just shows you the passion you got when you care. If you don't care, you just whatever, do whatever, turn your back, clap your phone. It's, I think it's so exciting to have you at the helm of, of the new Moorabbin complex because i think that you're going to have a bit of a really really cool amount of creative license as well to do some of the stuff that maybe makes you a unique coach and makes you a unique sort of person as well is there anything that you particularly want to put your own flavor into um no we're going to keep this i'm happy how the five fit runs that's why we i I asked paul and bash you know i mean if they take me on board like to do the next venture um, I love how five fits run. This, um, I love the trainers. It's all about the trainers, yeah, and the good bunch of people, yeah, good luck, mm. and they're they're they're, they're experienced. They're you know they're just wealth of knowledge. They fought, you know what I mean. Some of them didn't fight, but they've ran people that you know their whole lives or whatever, um, and they're very experienced. And it's about yeah, just let them go do their thing. Everyone trains different, teaches differently, whatever. Mm. Like, do your own spin, add your own spin. What I um, I think in Moravian because it's suburbs. Teenage kickboxing with a syllabus. I think that would be such right? a cool idea. Because it's the suburbs. It's not like city people. Right? It's the suburbs are more teenagers, like, you know, 12 to 16, 17. And I think maybe do the syllabus for the kickboxing. I wish I got into it when I was that young. If, yeah. I, if I had have gotten into uh, boxing, kickboxing yeah. when, I was, when I was 12 yeah. to 16, Different. I would not have gotten in so much trouble. When I was younger. We didn't know though, you know what I mean? We just I would want not. to be kids. Yeah? You want to be kids, yeah? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I might, that's, I don't know. I'll, we'll talk about that as in um, time, but I like to do, uh, the, get the kickbox side because I know the boxing side of it, you know what I mean? Cool, but because they've got to cater for suburbs, but in the suburbs, we've got to cater for a bit younger generation, a bit more different um, uh, clientele, yeah? So we've got to cater for all that. Um, so you won't be running any sort of uh, bare knuckle tie boxing out back on, on uh, late on a weeknight? I don't think we're allowed to do that anymore. <laughs> get, get, get an, I'll be bookie. <laughs> like, uh, get in the ring and just bet, yeah? Whoever, I think Paul's doing that for his birthday, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Something like that. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Um, 
Yeah, it's gonna be run similar as the classes as the people classes get busier and there's more need need more classes. We'll add those classes. We'll add, we'll have, you know add those classes with a bit of a spin or whatever. You know what I mean? Whatever the demand, we're gonna give it to them. Yeah, yeah. Like what, what they're doing here in South Melbourne in Collingwood um, and, and Moorabbins. But it might be different demographics of. Um, clientele maybe age limit. Well, we've got to cater for that i'd say so i'd you say know? it's it's going to be one of the leading facilities in the uh, in the eastern suburbs southeastern suburbs sorry for sure I'm, I'm so excited about it and i think there's lots of different like football clubs and you know you know there's quite a few businesses out that way as well it's a bit of an industrial area yeah, and there's a lot are, of there's a lot of a good market for a lot of different demographics to come in and train there so yeah. if anybody's around there i definitely recommend checking it out when it does open up or get on our fight fit page now and go and look at the deals that we've got going on we've got a couple of deals yeah so um foundation offers and all that um yeah check it out give us an email we'll follow up with a phone call i'm not really good with phones i really don't like phones <laughs> especially i mean phones are, i don't don't because i don't know the people i just get nervous like again <laughs> it's like me talking to paul i get all nervous yeah. but um yeah Get on, uh, send us an email. We'll, we'll ring you back, and we'll answer all your questions. Um, at this stage, like I said, we have about six hundred fifty square meters there. We'll have a couple of rings. We'll have a strength condition area. We'll have treadmills, salt bikes. You know what I mean? Spin bikes. We'll have uh, the grinders. We'll have weights. We'll have the thirty bags floor space. You know what I mean? Coaches, There's coaches, uh, coaches. Who's going to be coaches? Okay. I'm going to run all everything. No. Um, <laughs> Uh, okay, we've got a few names, uh, and they're familiar. Only names. say who's who's definite. Faisal Faisal Fayad's gonna be doing some night classes, a couple of nights a week. Troy, uh, we're gonna fill out Troy's uh, schedule. Whatever he's not doing here in South Melbourne, and he's got free time, he said he wants to come. Uh, Pharrell says he's gonna come because he lives down that way. And Pharrell does kickboxing, boxing, strength conditioning. Great guy, Good loyal man, as, you know what I mean? Funny kid. Um, Jeremy Takodi, right? This guy's a legitimate black belt, jiu-jitsu black belt. Is he? Right? Under Wait, John- have I met Jeremy? No. No, no, no. Okay, I'm, think thinking, so. I'm thinking of someone else. Yeah, go, go on. Jeremy Takodi, right? He's had his own gym for a lot, a lot of years. I've been in discussion with him. I hope he's still going to come. But anyway, we're talking to him anyway. Um, he's closed his gym down, just needed some more time, family time and the rest of it. You know what I mean? So I approached, I messaged him and, and caught up with him. Asking if he had any training because I know he's closed your gym. There's maybe some people that need some work, and he said, "I'll come in for you know do a few classes, but just for mental workout." He's not gonna do jujitsu. Damn it! No, no. I wait. thought I was gonna be jujitsu no, there. No, wait, wait. No jujitsu classes, but he's gonna be. He does. He's my. He's a. He's, he's very knowledgeable martial artist. Yeah. Mm. He's, he's he's a very knowledgeable guy. He does a lot. Of, he's got a lot of projects on the side. Well, he's very. Mate. He used to run with. He's, I used to do run Malvern martial arts, and he used to be. My right hand man there, like he'll teach the beginners, like I think to me, then he'd do jujitsu classes back in the day. So he said he'll come, right? Also, he'll come too. That's another asset. Um, but yeah, um, he's gonna do jujitsu class, jujitsu 101. Right? <laughs> so yeah, um, yeah, awesome. so yeah, we'll talk about that off camera. Um, yeah, yeah. um, so <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, no, but he's is the gym. Jiu-Jitsu black belt. I don't know if he's got one, but whatever. But he's he's a real deal too. That adds so he's 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 a qualified in all those areas. So he's going to do PTs in all those areas. 
whatever people want to do. He's catered anyone. Look, Faisal will do his PT, whatever. So yeah, these are trainers so far. Um, there's a couple other guys that said yes, but I don't want to drop the names and say it's not going to come or not. You know what I mean? Make sure. I tell you what would be a good idea. I need to chase up more, but yeah. Some may, may, I'm not sure if you thought about this or not. You've got so many connections. What about when we open Moorabbin to have a little seminar here and there for the start? Like get Judd Reed in for a day. I'm sure Judd, I'm sure Judd would do that. He's such a good friend of yours yeah. to come in and just do a seminar for a day. That would get everyone, everyone would want to come and watch yeah. that. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's all that. Let's get this. We're waiting on a permit still. Yeah. They're, they're, all, they're in a process. It's happening. And um, once that's a fit out starts happening, then we'll start thinking about the rest and start working that out, bringing this person, bringing that person. Can you imagine that? How cool would that be? Imagine if we like, this is so speculative. Imagine if we got like Peter Ertz or something like that to, to come down. I spoke with Peter. And Peter said he'll come down, but he goes, oh, I need to come down in summertime. <laughs> but um, yeah, that, that's always an option. You know what I mean? There's always, we, we know people and people will come and people will do it, you know? That's awesome. Um, yeah. There's so, many, there's so many cool opportunities and it's, and it's so exciting for you, man. Like you're, I could not think of someone better to be running it out there. It's near your house as well. We're going to allow you to have a bit more time with your with yeah. your daughter. My wife will be working there as well anyway. Yeah. She'll be doing the desk. Beautiful. Yeah. That's doing awesome. the desk. Um, so Nanny will be doing the desk and stuff like that. So our little girl, Sophia, she'll be there running around, crawling around everywhere now. So by then she'll be running around. Yeah. Um, yeah, it is close to home. Yeah. Exciting. A lot. There's a lot of... Um, a lot of people inquiring about it. A lot of people... Inqu- a lot of people inquiring about it. So... Uh, yeah, it's just time for me to step up. I was meant to do this 10 years ago and then I got sidetracked overseas. Uh, but it's just time. It's better. I'm in right frame of mind at the moment. Uh, now, at the moment, now. Mm. Since I've been back and it's just up. It's been go, go, go and up, up, up my whole life now. Yeah. It's always like that anyway, but I just chose to do whatever. But um, Well, you get to now time. pour your, all of your life experience and all of your skills and the the... the the talent and the not the talent but like the skills that you've cultivated throughout your career into something that you have so much passion for it's it's like with all these all these trainers you know what i mean and they're how they're so good how good they are whatever field they'll take take up on the the, the mentality they put in their fighting or their training others or whatnot will 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 go, will show in the other ventures they do or whenever they do or whatever they do or whatever they're doing at the moment. And it just, they're excelling in that. They'll excel in anything. That's just how I believe, you know what I mean? So whatever you put your mind to it, mm. if you've got that in you to excel, you will excel and you will get better and you will succeed, mm. yeah? Um, so, yeah, a bit nervous, but nerves is good and we'll get this thing going. And when are we looking at in terms of getting it fitted out and then opening? Fitted out stuff. Everything's gonna be sort of um, ordered this week, as in the regards equipment and stuff like that. Um, the permit is the only thing that we've got to wait, mm-hmm. and who knows with these people. But um, we're thinking mid Feb, if not late Feb. You know what I mean? A couple of weeks later. But um, you definitely yeah, start of the year. Have you thought about another thing? Have you thought about getting like uh, because I was at um corporate box gym in brisbane and they've got it and the other guy spent a lot of time in thailand i can't remember what his name is i think he's a light lightweight champs in australia or something like that but he uh has a few thai guys that he knew from thailand who work at the gym now and do pad holding all the time yeah have you thought about that i got guys that could do that yeah but i thought about that yeah no worries, but we've got trainers here that can do that. But yeah. people sometimes, oh, I want to do Thai boxes. I've got to train for Thai trainer. They think like that. Um, but if you get a proper Thai trainer, mm. or like a proper one, an ex-fighter, like a 
like one that's you know what I mean like a, it's been around it's been around there's a lot of them that have been around anyway but then someone you know what I mean that I can't teach whatever you get a proper one that everyone connects with uh, yeah great asset um, yeah um, but we've got the, we've got the we've trainer. got trainers yeah. we've got the muscle we've got trainers yeah <laughs> beautiful well you know I mean, I mean this has been this has been epic. This has been one of my favorite podcasts ever. Really? Yeah, mate. This is this is why Morabin is going to be such a success, though, because of the passion that you pour into everything that you do with your classes, yeah. with the even the passion that you put in the podcast. This is why we all love you so much, and why Morabin is going to be a massive. I sometimes success. say things I put my foot in it, but uh, I don't mean it. But uh, <laughs> some wrong choice of words. But um, our hearts in the right spot. We just exactly. want. I just want everyone to grow. I just want everyone to get better. You know what I mean? Um with these classes and all the rest of it. I want to be there in every single one of the classes, but I want the trainers to get all the classes, but I'll still be there helping out. But I want them, I want them to get nice. I want them to grow. I want them, you know, when they grow, the gym will grow. You know what I mean? And I'll be around helping out and doing whatever, doing classes as well, of course, but I'll be assisting. And I just want everyone to grow. Mm. You know what I mean? Just giving other opportunity for other people to make more money get their brand out there more as in their name and then you know what i mean and yeah the developers so coaches developers, coaches the people yeah. to developers yeah. as people and develop boxing skills and fitness and you have a community like you know in south when before collingwood was over south melbourne and everyone they had the christmas party they you know, born they look family mm. collingwood now family collingwood south melbourne together family now we want to add to that family you know what i mean and then yeah so i just want to be part of that yeah because yeah, be I, I when i came back i felt i felt out of love of the sport when i was overseas yeah so when I came back, I got the opportunity to work for Collingwood, Fight Fit, for Fight Fit. And I, I found the love for it again. So I can't thank Fight Fit enough for making me fall in love with the sport again because I lost it over there. You pour in your passion now into uh, teaching people. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? So I thank you. Yeah, then that's what I get to do my own now, but part of the family, not yeah. mine by myself. I'd rather be mine with the family and grow, make the family grow. Well, this is Fight Fit's also given me the platform as well to do the stuff that I love doing. Right. Yeah. So I'm, I'm with you there, man. So loyal to the end, man. Loyal yeah. to the end. 100%. Yeah. Anyways, brother, we'll wrap this up. Thanks, man. Always a pleasure. All right, mate. Guys, Fight Fit Morabin, get on it. Take be care. Be there or be square. Exactly. <laughs>